Hi, I'm Ari. I'm Nick. And Tinnit Mai. Good job. If you say um, that backwards, it's actually uh, spells out and, and the fair play for Cuba. Oh, okay. okay there you go. <laughs> um, hello, and welcome to this, the 43rd episode of Postpone. Uh, here we are today. We're going to talk about a movie that I recommended. Uh, this is sort of the end game of our season. We have only two more episodes after this one, so we're, we're getting pretty close to the start of season four. Um, but Ooh. before we do anything else, uh, I'd like to apologize for any noise in the background. My neighbors are, I guess, building something. Um, you can only assume what it is. They're playing Minecraft IRL. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, this is my last episode at home before I leave. So hopefully after this, there should be no more problems with noise. Uh, but hopefully there's no problems with y'all. Um, let me just ask, how are you doing? Oh, well, I am doing just fine. I got a new desk. I got a clean setup. I mean, it's not very clean technically right now, but, you know, in general, nice. it looks pretty clean. All right. Nice, nice. How about nice. you, Wes? Well, as you might have been able to conjecture from my name this week... I saw Tenet, so I'm doing very well. Uh-huh. Oh! Yes, Isn't yes. Tenet backwards just Tenet? Why didn't you? <laughs> no, it's Tenet backwards because te you say Tenet, not Tenet. But you could say Tenet. But tenet. I did not say Tenet. No one should I said say Tenet. tenet because backwards it was Tenet Mai. Alright, well, okay. we're, we're anyway, not allowed to talk about that until I will talk. I will spoil it, so. the entire oh, movie. God. Uh, uh, Danny DeVito dies. Uh. <laughs> no! no. Um, let's talk about news. news. <laughs> yeah, I have no transition, and I also don't have that much news to talk about. I have just two articles. Wes, if you want to go first, you can. I will go first. Um, yeah. Speaking of Robert's Bats and Bats... Uh, the Batman resumes production after a shutdown because Robert Pattinson had a positive COVID-19 test. Uh, so yeah, Robert Pattinson had coronavirus, did not die. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna start again. So filming halted on September 3rd, but you know it's been enough time, I guess, of him uh, to not have it anymore. It's literally exactly 14 days later, so they they really want to get this done as ASAP. But yeah, the Batman has resumed filming. Thank goodness they, they they're still filming the movie. Think 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 the bat. How exciting! Bat. How, how exciting! Wait, okay, <laughs> I have news also, but this is I think news from a while ago, so it's not new. And also, <laughs> news, I thought Robert I Pattinson has coronavirus. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. So a while ago, which is not news, that. Dwayne Johnson and his uh, daughters all got the coronavirus. Oh, really? But also, more recently news, Dwayne Johnson has recovered from the coronavirus. Oh, no way! Very nice, very nice. <laughs> so con congratulations, very nice. Uh, um, yeah, that, that was it. Yeah. Um, I have, I have a quick piece of news about the Mulan thing. Um, the CFO of Disney, Christine McCarthy... Uh, explicitly addressed the controversy about uh, filming in the Uyghur territory at uh, the Bank of America Visual 2020 Media Communications and Entertainment Conference this Thursday, so today, um, Nick, or last Thursday. The cool kids call know. it BAVIM 2020. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, 
she says, quote, I am not a box office prognosticator. No one is, because that's, I don't know what that means. But, <laughs> Me neither. Um, I'm going I'm to I'm consult the dictionary of it, that one. Um, but it has generated a lot of publicity. Let me just put something into context. The real facts are that Mulan was primarily shot, almost in entirety, in New Zealand. In an effort to accurately depict some of the unique landscape and geography of the country of China for this period drama, we filmed scenery in 20 different locations in China. It is common knowledge that in order to film in China, you have to be granted permission. That permission comes from the central government, hence why they credit the central government of China in the credits of the film. Uh, uh, what she is upset about is that everyone said, look, they filmed in China, and everyone ignored the fact that right next to the Chinese logo in the credits, there is a New Zealand film board logo. So mm-hmm. uh, I didn't realize New Zealand and China were so similar. I didn't realize that they had any movie concentration be camps in New Zealand. In New Zealand. <laughs> Um, in in other news, in other news, uh, mm-hmm. this just in: prognosticator means a person who foretells or prophesizes a future event. Hey, that has nothing to do with what she was saying. You, yeah, yeah, but she's not a prognosticator of box office. Okay, Ari, what do you want? She's her? just okay. making sure that you know. You know, <laughs> I see. Um, she was dared to use that word in a sentence that day. So. <laughs> um, yeah, we don't really have a lot of news. Nothing happened this week, which, you know, it's good. Most news is bad news, so we have yeah. no bad news. Pretty um, tame. Yeah. Tame week. Not yeah. very wild. I saw Tenet. That's news. That's literally more exciting than any of the news we just read. <laughs> Look, Wes, That's I don't even want to know if you liked it, but I do want to know if you liked the music. I did like the music. Okay, good, the music, good. The music fucks. Okay, yeah, there you go. Was there a bunch of it? Was there a bunch of music? (laughs) There was was a good amount of music, Ari. That's wild. Very nice. Very crazy. Um, But speaking of wild... And bunch. Let's... uh, (laughs) Ari, you're too smooth for me. That was too good. (laughs) Um, Let's talk about the wild bunch. Which is, of course... What? (laughs) This is, of course, the film that I picked last episode for the three of us to watch, and theoretically, all three of us have now seen The Wild Bunch. So, before we start, let me just say that uh, I've decided that um, when we do this, uh, when we talk about the movies, right, we always just say what our opinion is and maybe why we picked it. I think perhaps a nice little introduction to what the film is that's not necessarily a plot breakdown, but maybe like one or two sentences about what the movie is so that people that have never heard of it can say, oh yes, I'd like to hear what the movie's about before they give their opinions. Okay? Uh, okay. Just working on the format here. The Railroad Bunch hunts down the Wild Bunch. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, that's basically what it is about. You're right. So, (laughs) The Wild Bunch is a... 1969 western film by Sam Peckinpah about a gang of outlaws that steal some guns for uh, Mexican armed forces during the border war in 1913. Meanwhile, someone hunts them down. Yes. Were any of these people based on real people? Um, okay. The name of the movie comes from the name of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kids group. That is oh. the sole part of this film that is based on reality, other than the fact it takes place during the border war. 
Okay. Um, and Mexico's a real country, and so is Texas. So, I mean, allegedly. <laughs> is Texas a real country? Wait, was Texas a country at this point? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Nah, it, no, that was like Mystery 60 history. years before this. No, okay. this is said in the, tw- in the 20th century. So this is 1913. This is that brief period of time during the Mexican Revolution where we were fighting with Mexico for some reason because of the Germans and their little telegram or whatever. No, that was World War One. That was unrelated. not the Mexican War. <laughs> well, okay, actually, to be fair, the, the the telegram that they sent to Mexico is part of why we got involved in the war, and here there are Germans in this film. That doesn't matter, though. This is not a history <laughs> podcast. This is a movie podcast, and we're going to talk about this movie, a movie that I picked because I like it. I like this film. In fact, I'd go so far as to say I love this film. I've always wanted to talk about it. I've always wanted someone to talk about it with. Um, I seem to recall that one of the first conversations I ever had with Wes in seventh grade PE was about how much I love this movie. So I don't it's even been remember a long that, time but coming. I, I'll, I'll believe it. Yeah, it was in PE, and we talked about Kurosawa. For some in reason, this film. You, for some reason, you said Wild Bunch, and I heard Avengers. So that's that's uh, weird. <laughs> um, so I I quite like this film. That is my opinion. I think it is one of the finest westerns ever made perhaps one of the finest movies ever made it's got a lot of commentary i really like the tone of it i love the way that it's shot um i think it's got great acting it's got a great visual style all the performances are great that's the same thing as acting um (laughs) i'm just gonna stop talking and ask what you two think of this movie um what do you think of the wild bunch whoever wants to go first can whoever likes the movie the least can go first (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I don't know. Well, I thought this movie was... Well, I'm... Trust me when I say this. I am not a xenomechanical nephoria myself. (laughs) Whatever the word (laughs) she said. Yeah. However, I was not the biggest fan of this movie. All right, all right. I I didn't love it, to be honest. You weren't wild about it? I weren't wild about it. And there was a bunch of stuff that didn't really uh, get me get me excited about it. I mean, the performances, they were fine. Mm-hmm. You know, the visual style, good. Mm-hmm. The Some of the themes with the kids, mm-hmm. loved it. However, the plot, mm-hmm. the pacing, and the, characteriz- and, uh, the character development, I, I really didn't like. All I right. feel like there was a lot of things missing with this film. It is an old film, and I feel like it probably has a lot of like influence over westerns as a genre. I don't, I don't even know if that's true. I'm pretty sure this is the movie that killed Westerns because <laughs> there's not a good one after it until Unforgiven, so... Well, I liked Unforgiven a lot. Yeah. Way more than this. All right, well, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so I can go in more that's into That's forgivable. I mean, it was... Some of the, some <laughs> that's of... wild, bro. <laughs> He's clearly got a bunch of things to say about it. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I'll go. So, mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest here. Mm-hmm. I kind of agree with Ari. <laughs> I didn't. Damn. I don't know. I don't. I. I didn't really. I didn't really get this one. I thought. It, I thought. It, I didn't think it was bad. I don't think it's uh-huh. a bad movie at all. I think. I think it's all right. Um, and I think definitely the strength and the, the nature shots. Great job. Great job, nature. <laughs> chef's chef's kiss. Okay, nature did a really good job with this one. Very <laughs> bucolic. Um, very good. And th- this it has echoes of you know like really entertaining stuff in here, but it is really slow and mm-hmm. i find my i found myself just not really caring what happened to these characters 
Um, mm-hmm. And I think to me that was the biggest killer for me. And I understand that, like you know, I, I understand why you know you you would really like this and why a lot of people would really like this. But it just wasn't really my thing. It's kind of kind of slow and boring at times. I thought, um, and yeah, I, I didn't really care about the characters. And I also thought that the the action scenes were a little hit and miss, like the shootouts. You know, obviously it's an older movie, but it is a little whack at times. That it's just like mm-hmm. a guy like clutches his chest and like falls over. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, overall, it's it's well made, and it's definitely not a bad movie. I just I didn't super enjoy it. Uh huh. All right, so folks, what we've got here is something that hasn't happened in a while. I'm about to pull out my Doctor Strange love tactics and try <laughs> to convince you that this film is great. I'm not gonna lie, like in until this point i had always defined the wild bunch as like my favorite movie that is a nine out of ten i'm not gonna lie like rewatching it i think it might actually be a solid 10 for me okay. um oh and i'm going to defend that please yes i i i recommended it because i love it and i loved it more than i thought i would like i i genuinely but we'll, we'll do the synopsis first so so this is a western film set in 1913 sort of the very end of uh, the ideal American Old West. And I guess as a result of that, it's not even really set in America. Most of it takes place in Mexico, mm-hmm. um, sort of on the Texan border with Mexico. This is about a gang of aging outlaws sort of on their, their final few uh, missions, I guess. I don't really know what you call. Uh-huh. One last score. Yeah, this is, one their, last this job is basically and I'm moving about one last score, you know? Mm-hmm. So we've got our main, uh, our main leader of the group is Pike, played by William Holden. He's sort of like a, he's an old-timey Western bandit, except he's old now, right? And he's got a group of Western bandits, some of whom are old, uh, some of, some whom of whom are, are played by yeah, some of whom are Mexican, <laughs> some of whom aren't as old, and he is sort of on the run from his former friend, um, Deke. Uh, Deke, Deke Thornton, who has been employed by the railroad union to kill him because he keeps robbing their trains. Mm-hmm. Um, we find out later that Mr. Deke Classic Thornton play. kind of uh, got uh, taken in by the feds because of. Uh, uh, Pike's, I guess, uh, lack of preparedness and in a Pike situation. Pike just left him. He, he literally just, he just, just leaves it out of that window. Yeah, I. It's worth noting, no one in this movie is a good person, but that's kind of the point. Mm-hmm. They're likable, but they're all terrible people. Yeah, um, they're pretty wild. And one of the things mm, yeah. that makes them terrible is the fact that they're traitors, because they go on down to Mexico, and one of the armed forces that is involved in the revolution, one of like the ten different Mexican forces during the revolution. Uh, is sort of, uh, I guess, they end up working for him. He's requested that they steal a number of guns from a train on the Texas border, um, get them over to the other side of the border. They'll get paid. That's going to be their last score. They're going to call it call it a life there, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And they end up doing that, and then uh, I guess they decide to die because there's a massive shootout at the end of the movie. Well, it's because... That, that's cause, really all it is, plot-wise. Yeah, and, and they take, they take Angel is, captive and then kill Angel. Yeah. There's a whole subplot with... with uh, so the Mexican character that Wes was referring to, his name is Angel, he's one of the Wild Bunch. His village in Mexico has been kind of ravaged by uh, El General's forces. Um, 
So he's and quite he upset with him. lost his girl, so he's very angry. Yeah. He lost his girl. His girl he ends up shooting taken. the girlfriend in the face right in front of the general, and they're uh, all like, whoa. And he's like, um, and he's like, no, 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 he was aiming for the girl. The general's like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah. That's, <laughs> a, that's a scene in Hunger Games, isn't it? When, <laughs> um, but so uh, this whole time Angel's like, look, I'll do this, this uh, mission with you, but I request that at least one of the cases of arms goes to the rebels that I work with, not this guy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so in the end, after this shootout, those rebels just come and take all the guns, and they're like, "Oh well, we won in the we won in the end, right?" And then Deke's like, "Don't worry, it's Mexico." <laughs> <laughs> Forget about Dude, I don't it. Understand. It's Mexico. Okay, if we're getting to the, actually talking about the movie now, yeah, like I don't understand. The plot doesn't why matter. Deke it does is matter. In it. It's it's the whole point of it. But what like right. why the character exists? All right, sure. Ask your questions, Ari. <laughs> no, no, I wasn't gonna ask a question. I'm just saying, like, oh. D, I don't, I don't comprehend, like, like, okay, I get he's he's probably important for like themes and what the movie's about. Mm-hmm. However, he felt so inconsequential. I, whenever it came up, like, oh yeah, this person I literally could not care less about. Um. And at the end, he has like this arc where he's like, you know what, I did what I was supposed to do, and I'm just gonna sit here in Mexico. I wouldn't, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say he's inconsequential, but I see what you mean. He's he has very little effect on the plot, but he is the thing that is like chasing after them you know um yeah but he never catches them he never catches them but he doesn't have to because yeah, the they kill themselves yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so okay so what what is it about this movie what is it lacking for you well first off i think it tries to be funny it is very not funny <laughs> i think that might just be a difference in humor between the late 60s and now there is comedic uh relief characters um kind of that's the same problem you have with dr strange love too though one of you thought it wasn't funny <laughs> it was yeah right. i thought it was yeah, funny yeah, okay okay well yeah, but like this was like they just laugh for no reason randomly for a long time together and uh-huh. it's like why is everyone laughing i don't know just, they're they're no all buddies they're, they're all buddies yeah that's that's just... i i the jokes in this movie are basically the two goons that work with thornton that are just like he's he got my boots right mm-hmm. if you think that's not funny like it completely does not matter to the rest of the film <laughs> um you know i i don't think that it's a particularly funny movie i don't know if it matters though it's it's not a comedy no right? but the thing is it i feel like it hurts a movie when it tries to be funny mm-hmm I don't or at think least... it does. I think other than those two characters, it doesn't really try to be funny. Why are there I, like I, three those, those separate two, laugh two... scenes where they're just laughing so much? It's like what hey, are they la- one I of them is a flashback to out. the first laugh scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also the flashbacks in this film are the cheesiest. I mean, it's an old movie, but it's like it it is as cheesy as it gets. Like I don't think Family Guy could recreate how cheesy. <laughs> Like some of these flash scenes, flashbacks are. Yeah. Especially like one of those flashbacks where like, uh, uh, Thornton is like, it's like, don't open that door. They're there. No, it's just some champagne we ordered. <laughs> yeah, Echoes, okay. It's just some champagne we ordered. Slow motion comes in. Shoot, shoot. Ah, he got me in the arm. He jumps up. It's like, where was he? He escaped out the window. And the flashback. That's how we're here. No, yeah, no, no. I, I, I agree definitely about that specific flashback. Um, when they have like yeah. the two prostitutes and then the police come in. I, I don't know. It's I feel like it's kind of whack totally. And also, um, going on with like the flashback thing. I, I think my biggest thing is that I don't really care about the characters because mm-hmm. I think it tries to rely on the flashbacks to 
you know, establish them and to, to see, like, why you should care and, you know, where they've been. But during the course of, like, the main story, I didn't see a lot of, like, change or growth in many of the characters. They didn't, they seemed very static. Um, well, that's that's the point, is that they, okay, so here's what I think. I'm sure, maybe it is, yeah. Maybe I, is. I, I just didn't care about them. I disagree entirely with the the being characterized solely by the flashback things. I think that the flashbacks basically don't matter. And they're basically just there to visualize whatever it is that they're... He could just say, oh, we were together in Vegas or wherever, and the law caught up with us, right? Mm-hmm. I agree, that particular flashback is awkward. <laughs> but, like, when he when he talks about how he was with some woman and then got shot in the leg, like, he could have just said that. I think it's just showing you visually so you can be like, oh, he got shot in the leg, right? I think that most of the characterization is done through, like, the acting and the scenes and stuff, and I'm surprised that one of the things Ari said in his intro is, like, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of characterization going on. I mean, it might, I mean, I feel like they try a lot, but I don't mm-hmm. feel like it's good. So like, how, I feel like how, they tried like, really how you, hard. How do you try to characterize and, like, not, you know? <laughs> For example, he's trying to get on the horse, and there's a lot of suspense while he tries to get on this horse, and then he, he does, and yeah, everyone's like, oh yeah. <laughs> Well, then that's basically just saying, like, look, this is a guy who's holding on to his past, you know, he thinks he's this Western outlaw, but he's got to realize at some point he doesn't belong, like, the world's ready to move on, right? Horses don't. it's so over-dramatized, you know? It feels like, like, that would be a really, it feels like someone, like, in a high school, like, play would do, just like, (laughs) it was like... This is where he gets on his horse, metaphorically. And well, the thing he, is, it's he not take, casual. He takes the little stirrup off, and then he, like, swings his whole leg up onto the horse just to be like, hey, I, I, I showed you, didn't I? Yeah, but everyone's yeah, watching him as if everyone understands the metaphor of the movie. And it's like, all everyone's just, like, quietly watching him as he gets on his horse. And I think there's suspenseful music playing, too. It's like... There probably is. It's like, I... It, like, it, none of these things on their own are necessarily terrible or bad mm-hmm. just together it just doesn't feel good i feel like also how they not how the fact that none of them change or maybe the only way they do change is that they kind of stick together at the end which is abrupt because you know they uh, one of the people leave angel at the end like near mm-hmm. the end of the movie because like that's the only way i can imagine any of them change again i think you say one of your points is that they don't change but mm-hmm. if that's the point of the movie it just so puts here- a crutch on uh you know, the character development, because here's, literally, here's like, I'm think. around a bunch of characters that we don't get to know too much about, except they're together, and they share experiences that really don't really build on individual personalities. Mm-hmm. So, what, what I think that this particular movie is saying, right, this comes at a period of time, you know, I haven't seen a ton of 70s westerns, I know that there's a few good, like, early 70s Italian westerns, that doesn't really matter. This is, I think, the last good American Western until Clint Eastwood starts directing things, right? Um, And I believe that what this movie is saying is, while it is talking about the death of the American West, I think it is talking about the death of the American Western, right, as a movie. It's saying, this is a thing that has been around for 30 years, 40 years at this point. It's gotten old. The world is ready to move on. Like, there's a whole scene in this movie where they're sitting there like looking at the car they're like what is that thing i heard one of them they got one up north that can fly it's got wings right Uh these are guys who rob trains in like the 20th century right the world is is changing they got planes they got cars 
No one needs a horse when you have cars all over the place. No one needs a horse when you can fly from San Francisco to New York. At the end of this movie, when they basically decide, this is it, this is where we die, right? Like, imagine they didn't. The, like, what are they gonna do? There's no West anymore, you know? Isn't yeah. that the plot of Red Dead 2? I was gonna say that. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, I was literally, while he's, that was, was gonna be my next point, like, I've seen all this done far better in Red Dead 2. With a 13 million times better Dutch. Damn, damn. <laughs> well, I think at the same time it's saying, like, here's this, this genre that Hollywood has been clinging on to for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Like why we're we're ready for something else now? Yeah, why this now, movie's bad? You know? Why are you why are we watching? <laughs> Damn, I feel like no, you're messing, hating I'm it more. As... <laughs> no, no, I'm just I'm just I'm just trying to get under your skin. I'm just teasing you a little bit. He's playing dev- devil's prognosticator. Of course, exactly. of course. <laughs> well, I don't know. I I think that this is a movie about when okay. when Sam Peckinpah wrote it, uh, or at least co-wrote it. Part of his thing is there's a lot of westerns bad westerns the type of westerns that we don't normally talk about that are basically just the hero does no wrong he sacrifices himself in the end it's always like this this turn of character why does he do that right this movie what he attempted to do at least and you can argue i guess whether or not it works but he's saying if a movie is going to end with the bad guys becoming good guys and sacrificing themselves for some higher cause what are those characters going to be like? What do they have to go through before that? And almost all of that is done not through, like, the events of the film, but kind of just the way that they they begin to realize, like, this is not... We can't do this. We're 65-year-old guys on horses, you know? We, we need to move on. So, again, you can argue if the movie doesn't do that properly, but I think that this movie portrays that perfectly... There's the whole... I want to talk about the shootout, right? Can we at least agree that the shootout... Yes, the final shootout in this movie is fantastic. Do you disagree? (laughs) I don't know. I wasn't really feeling any of the shootouts, if I'm going to be honest. All right. It might just because, like, today we have fucking, like, John Wick. um, But I I get that it's, like, a different style, but I just... This is, up to this point, this was the most violent thing perhaps ever put on film, and this was a huge deal in 1969. I'm I'm, I'm sure it would have been, yeah. Yeah. And his whole point in making it as violent as it was, he, he goes on about, like, how the Vietnam War every day is broadcast into people's homes, but they never show any of it. So people are like, oh, yeah, we're over there fighting in Vietnam, our soldiers are doing a great job. He's like... This is what violence actually looks like. This is when Westerns, people get shot in the stomach and just fall over, mm-hmm. right? That's not it. In this movie, when they kill El General, he explodes, basically. Like, his whole shoulder, mm-hmm. you can see blood fly everywhere. Mm-hmm. His yeah. whole thing was For like, I'm characters. going to sicken the audience. And then when people saw the movie, they're like, that was awesome. He's like, oh, no, what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> Fight Club effect. So I don't think he'd be very happy about John Wick, is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Because he was not happy about the reaction to this movie being as awesome as it was, I guess. But I think the whole build-up to that is, like, great. I, I don't really see it as an abrupt change. Like, when Ernest Borgnine leaves Angel, like, I think he knows already that the plan is going to be to go get him back. Wait, well, but I feel like he could have avoided a lot of try like problems if he just maybe like tried to make a little bit of an argument to keep him. But he's like, he's like, uh, he, he, the general almost asked him like, uh, what do you think should happen? He's like, eh, keep him, do whatever you want to him. Yeah. 
It's like, what? why? You literally uh, did this to him. Well, they're a band of outlaws, you know? They they can't worry about the, the little problems. Yeah, but then that changes in 360s, like, a moment later. Like, you had the whole movie to uh, up until this point to maybe characterize well, Okay, change. do you remember the scene when they're in, like, the little Mexican village and they're talking to the old guy? That's, like, half the movie, dude. I mean, the first <laughs> scene. The, the scene before Angel, when Angel finds out that his, uh girlfriend is now oh when they're all sitting at the table oh, outside. Yeah. yeah yeah yes yes yeah he basically says something along the lines of like uh what is the point of fighting if you're not fighting for something right he says it a bit less obviously than that yeah. right but at the end of this movie you know they they've decided uh angel doesn't really matter we can he's a expendable guy when they decide to go back and get him right and they basically shoot him right in front of them and they instinctively kill the general there's a moment where everyone's completely silent right no one moves mm. they could absolutely leave if they want to and then Ernest Borgnine starts laughing and it's like this this is the moment where we can actually do something right let's just kill everyone and it's this unspoken moment I think that it works I I love the ending of this movie I think that tonally the the whole moment where you can see in in William Holden in William Holden's eyes when he's kind of thinking it over when they're in the brothel and he walks into the other room and he just says to them like let's go, I love that, I I I think that's fantastic. He literally does not say anything else until they get to the shootout, you know. So they all grab their guns, they all start marching towards the thing. I think the buildup's great. I'm I'm surprised I that you like think the buildup with slow. grabbing the guns isn't that bad. Yeah, well, that was but, also like, improvised. Like, in the script, they're supposed to grab their guns and then just show up at the gate. But on set, Sam Peckinpah's like, nah, it's going to be better if we actually have, like, proper build-up. So the whole bit where they're walking past all the soldiers outside and the musicians and everyone's watching them walk, like, that was that was improvised. I think that that's kind of why that works is because of the build-up. Yeah, that was good. You can see the moment where they decide, you know? Mm-hmm. I just, mm-hmm. I don't I don't I don't get the characters. I I cannot I convince about. you to see things that you do not see in the movie <laughs> is the problem. I'm sure that like that of all the people here, Nick definitely has the most appreciation for the western genre and has definitely seen probably like a hundred times more than we have. Because like for me, it's like I've seen like this Unforgiven uh, and two of the the Sergio Leone ones. Okay, and like, so I think you that have might zero be context so like, for it then. Yeah, exactly. So I'm sure like... Okay, you have comp- no, that's actually exactly what the problem is because <laughs> it's this is of the genre called revisionist western, which is a lot more of a commentary on the western genre than it is a western itself. So things like this... I mean, Butch Cassidy is kind of a revisionist western. That's, that's also like a that movie where they... That, a lot of that movie takes place in South America, right? They just straight up leave the U.S. in that one. Mm-hmm. And, like, the the Italian westerns are just, they're their own thing, right? Unforgiven is, I guess, a revisionist western in a lot of ways, because that's also a western where it's about an old guy deciding, should I be a gunslinger anymore, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. If you have not seen classic westerns, then I guess you could, I could understand why someone would have zero frame of reference for how this is a subversion when every western you've seen is exactly is like this yeah someone who's played red dead 2 i haven't might red not dead get too. the same things out of wild bunch as someone who hasn't but like are you i know you've seen these other westerns like this is <laughs> yes. the inverse of shane right yeah there are many guns in the valley in this one you know yeah well the thing is i i, 
I it still doesn't help. You know, I feel like most of my problems with this are not the commentary on the genre. I feel like it's more. I feel like a lot of that is actually done very well, and especially like uh, commentary on violence and how people see it is very done done extremely well, especially mm-hmm. with all the children. I thought that was powerful. Yeah, However, yeah. that yeah, does the, yeah, that was yeah. a very good uh-huh. theme. For those who who don't know, the opening scene of this movie as they march into town is they walk by, they sort of on horseback pass by a group of children that are like throwing scorpions into a pit full of snakes poking around with sticks, and they're they're having a great Not time ants. watching that. It's ants, isn't it? What did I say? I said snakes, snakes. didn't I? I meant ants, yeah. They're the same thing, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but I feel like even, like, those themes don't help that I literally cannot describe to you the Wild Bunch game. Like, Like, if I had to describe to you Dutch, I don't, I can't. If I had to describe to you half the guys I forget their names, I literally don't remember the names of (laughs) most of these people. I know Angel, Mm -hmm. because he gets freaking murked. I know one of them's named Lyle. Lyle, yeah, that's what I was yeah. trying to think of. And what, what's I like, couldn't tell uh, you. Lyle, yeah. and, and there's a TC in there. I've got a question. I know that. Yeah. Um, I know that this is a common trope. That that train heists seems to be a common trope in Western movies. I don't think I've yeah. ever actually seen one that has a train heist. So I want to know, yeah. guy, how does this compare to the train heist in Solo, a Star Wars story? <laughs> Uh, seeing as I have zero memory of that, <laughs> no, 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 no. But how how is this compared to most train heists in other westerns? Because it, well, it is a common trope, right? Um, it might be, but literally the only other one I can think of is also in Butch Cassidy, oh, okay. and that's the one where they just kind of blow up the train. I mean, the one in RDR is really good. It compared Aren't there, to like, other a lot in RDR. Yeah, there are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I was thinking about a specific like main. See, one. See, a lot of other, a lot of other westerns though focus on the good guy, not on the bad guys, right? So the guys robbing places aren't generally really? the focus. Most of them, yeah. At least before the '60s, because in the '50s you can't have the villain be the hero of the film, because right. that was still production code era, right? So. I mean, Shakespeare did it. Um you know, I don't know how this compares to the train robbery in Richard the Third, but <laughs> I um, feel like the train robbery was one of the better action bits, minus the fact that, you know, you point a shotgun at like two people with guns and then like you're clearly outgunned and outmanned. And he's like, and just like, keep doing the work. <laughs> Like, all right, I'll just be quiet. I won't even yell to my five other people that are on the train with guns that were about to be robbed. Yeah, I but think... if they yelled out, they would have just been shot immediately, you know? I think well, there's they did two a good of them. He would have been shot. I would have been a... part of the whole conflict of that scene is how the hell do you rob a train full of guns, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I, I thought that, you know... Yeah, maybe it's just because uh, I just recently saw Indiana Jones, but I think I would have rather the train be moving for more of the train heist than not. Oh, wait till it, you it, get it just to Last like, Crusade. Stop. It just, like, stops... And then that's when they rob it. And then... Last Crusade opens with a scene on a train, so okay, uh, just wait until okay. you get to that one. <laughs> nice, yeah. But like, I do like when the train starts moving, when the mm-hmm. the the railroad bunch shows up, and yeah. there's a shootout there. Yeah. What about? And then they just okay. ride away on their on their little wagon. Of so like, what about the like the opening shootout then? Like, I'm I'm genuinely surprised that you didn't care for the action. Okay, in this. it was it's... it was it was good until it went out on too long. It's like there's no yeah, way I think it, it felt went like too long. four minutes. Like okay, if there's a crowd and they're shooting on the on the tops, 
odds are it's going to be cleared in about 20 seconds. But people with trombones are running back and forth for like four <laughs> minutes, getting absolutely obliterated by people who are like, it's just dumb. And not a single person from the bunch actually dies. Well, I'm, like, I'm trying to highlight the idi- like the idiocy of the people who are hired and or with. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, does it hired. succeed in showing the idiocy of the people who are hired? Yeah, but like it doesn't. I don't. I don't. It's like it ma- makes like I don't care for those characters at all. Mm-hmm. Like, and they're supposed to be care- comic relief later. It was still, like I don't. Okay, they're dumb. And so are we supposed to feel bad for the uh, other protagonist person yeah. guy there? Imagine that it's 1969, right? Okay. And you're going to have to really use your imagination here, Wes. I'm I putting on my thinking movies. I want you to think. You have not. I, I, up I, I until know a bit point, about 69, Nick. Yeah, so up until this point, Westerns have been not necessarily clean and like stale, but when people get shot, they fall backwards off of something, right? And there's zero blood, or it's black and white, so it doesn't matter, right? The opening scene of this film is four minutes of a town full of, like, temperance uh, protesters getting obliterated, right? Mm -hmm. Normal people getting shot, guys with guns getting shot, everyone's getting massacred, innocent hostages are shot. There's a guy that goes diagonal on a green screen. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that. uh, There's a really early Wilhelm scream. There is. There is a Wilhelm scream in there. Mm. Um if you have up until this point only seen westerns that are not terribly graphic and violent that probably introduces you oh this is this is the real world this is something else right so then when you watch this film about a bunch of old guys and you think oh the old guys are the ones killing everyone this doesn't seem like something old people would be doing right Mm. It, it kind of prepares you for like why do we idolize this period that theoretically would have been very violent you know when in this modern world should we be doing that right Mm -hmm. so i think that that kind of sets up the tone for the rest of the movie i don't know i i think that all of the action scenes are done really well you know i thought that was done fine i like i like i like riding on horse i've played shadow colossus so riding on horses is good whenever they add that to a movie it goes up what about when they (laughs) blow up the bridge are you satisfied with that Wes? that action scene was fine for me i liked it i liked it yeah yeah yeah. and then they think they killed the guy but he'll be back i i I think that this is like well paced i really don't see how did they do okay how did they film this because there's no way they didn't injure horses those horses (laughs) almost certainly died i guarantee (laughs) it but it was the many horses were injured or hurt in the making of this film. well you know then again they I don't know. They could have been fake like horses. Like Nick said, they didn't have to follow production code with this one, boys. Yeah, they, they yeah, could but have I feel been like... fake horses. Well, actually, <laughs> that was they... so real when horses and people together fell into the water. It Look felt at it this real. way. Those people fell in the water. They had to survive, right? Because they're stuntmen. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'd imagine I'm not... they'd set up the bridge to blow up in they're a way that would horses. protect the I... horses. Yeah. Yes, I literally... It's like, two guys I don't... in a suit, you know. I don't actually <laughs> think that any horses died. Mm-hmm. I guarantee However... I bet the scorpions died, though. Yes. There's, yeah, you can't fake that. Would the ants really kill the scorpions? There's enough. Maybe. Have you not seen Indiana there's Jones? There's enough of them. Ants? Oh, yeah. Are there he, ants he in hasn't, Indiana He hasn't seen Indiana Jones is the problem. Oh, not the okay. fourth one. The fourth one? Why would I see the fourth one? <laughs> I don't know. Because that's the one with ants. That's <laughs> <laughs> ants. No wonder it's bad. First one has snakes. How do we go from snakes to ants? <laughs> You'll see. Yeah. Um, Any, um, I don't know. Yeah, on, but anyways, I feel like horses. also there's a 
scene where like a bunch of people and horses are just rolling down a sand hill. It's like mm-hmm. this looks so dangerous. Yeah. Well, okay, horses horses can be trained to do things like that though. I know. But like, still. Have, you, have you seen like war films with horses? Have you seen War Horse? No, I, I mean, have not no. seen War Horse. Honestly, in War Horse, it might be a CGI horse. <laughs> I've seen Battle of the Bastards, though. That was sick. Yeah, yeah Battle of the Bastards is a pretty good fight. Yeah, Although, I prefer can, the one train... in the previous season, actually, when the wildlings you, you, charge the wall. You can safely train horses then, to, yeah, like, topple and things like that. Like, horses can fall over and get back up. They're not uh-huh. yeah, they're not giraffes. Yeah. I don't know, just... There was, like, five of them rolling down a sand hill, like, onto each other. It was, like, it was... It's just, it's just, it felt very, I was very concerned. I mean, I'm not doubting that maybe they did it some way, but that is props to them because just dang. <laughs> I felt like, dude, there are some horses and lives in danger. All right. Um, and horse lives. You know, I, I really don't know. I like, I don't know what to say. Like, uh, I, I, the things I like clearly either are not resonating as much with you or i'm insane no. however no. there is at least one more thing oh i have i fun. yeah i have things <laughs> to talk about still i don't mean okay, to be good. wrapping up i'm just saying i just want to i mean if I, I don't know if it was time to get into phallic imagery i was waiting for someone to get into phallic imagery you, you gotta do this one nick because it's guns it's always guns and westerns but what else what else do we have um when the general first gets his machine gun and starts oh, spraying yeah. rapidly oh, everywhere yep, perhaps rampantly whereas at the end when william holden gets the gun it. and oh, precisely kills many people perhaps i don't know like whoever has the he machine dies gun with the does gun have the facing power. up yeah uh true he, he died happy and he's shooting his gun to the sky yeah. as he dies which is maybe uh when at the end when uh thornton shows up and they're all all the the comic relief are looting the dead guys and he walks over and takes his old friend's pistol perhaps he's uh showing a sort of male bond (laughs) between the two of them (laughs) if you will uh Uh, i guess when he slices open angel's throat maybe you know oh yeah penetration yeah yeah yeah. oh okay well literally if you want to go that far you can say when angel shoots his girlfriend right in front of the other guy Mm, that is is dominance that is dominance it is dominance and also the other guy's impotent oh yeah yeah yeah. no he's not he's not or what about what about when they're in the canyon and he's threatening to blow up the wagon full of guns and the the Mexican general, or I guess it a wouldn't be a general, but he's job. like, please don't blow it up, senor, and he's got the little wick in his hand, perhaps? Okay. Excuse <laughs> What did you say? Because they're going to blow it up and oh, their job was to get it, the guns. Yeah, yeah. So it was a metaphorical blow job. Yeah. What about... That was my... What about when the incompetent soldiers are inside the train and the train rams them? They're getting rammed from behind. Mm, oh, yeah. true. Uh, doesn't they're... a horse... A horse definitely dies. It gets rammed, like, off the train, doesn't it? I don't think it does. I, I, I had thought that the train actually gets, like, pushed off the tracks, but I'm pretty sure it just stops. Okay, like, no, but I thought, I thought it, like, cuts to, like, a horse, like, falling off. Maybe not. I, I don't know. It, it could be I, th- I think it, one might have fallen over. <laughs> well, oh. Anyways, I think we solved that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, very yeah. good. I think I think the things that you notice and like about this movie, I can mm-hmm. appreciate, but it doesn't make me enjoy it. As, as what much makes as you a do. good movie? What makes a movie good? 
I feel like both of you well, are very story-oriented okay. people. Like, I... Yeah. I think I would say I am, I think. Wanting yeah. to be a director, okay. I think, makes me appreciate how difficult it is will... to film things. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. So, what makes a good film for me is a cohesive plot and characters that feel real and mm-hmm. feel that make me care about them. Yeah. A great example of this is, like, a polar opposite movie, which is Waves. Yeah. Waves, all it is, is, like, a pretty simple plot, but characters that just... You care, you care about the characters in Waves. Well, I, I can't I, make you care about the characters, but I care about these characters. Yeah, but the thing is, each character has a very defined personality, and those personalities change over the course of the movie. Mm-hmm. This one, that doesn't happen. I Okay, I know that in general, a critique of characters in films is that they're static, right? I, I don't think that static characters are necessarily bad, though. Like... Yeah, but flat and static. Right. Like, what's what's dynamic about, you know, uh, I was gonna say Batman. Well, but... I think I don't think I don't think there has to be everyone's dynamic, but there has to be some dynamic characters. Because like in the Dark Knight, uh-huh. yeah, Batman and Joker are pretty static, but Harvey Dent is a very dynamic. Yeah, character, and so and that's what makes it interesting. But in this movie, like you kind of see William Holden begin to realize, like, I'm not really cut out for this. I can I'm struggling to get onto my horse. I can't control these people. They're they're all kind of telling me off, but you know. And then in the end, when he decides, ah, eh, might as well die. Yeah, like, but there's no like implication. I mean, it it doesn't feel like, uh, you know, I, a stream between those decisions. It might be easier to see if you know where it's going. Uh, there are certain movies where when you watch them again and you know what the characters like heading towards, it right. is easier to see the moments where. Like, they begin to put it together. I forget what it is. There's some movie that we watched for the podcast where I remember thinking, oh, I can see the moment where he decides to do this thing. I don't know what makes me care about characters specifically, but I know that this movie does not do it. I I gotta agree. I mean, what do you think about the acting, at least? Like... Acting's solid. Yeah. It's got all the bangers. It's got... It's Mermaid Man's there. Uh, Edmund O'Brien, who's perhaps my favorite character actor. He's in a bunch of westerns. He's in my actual favorite western, the one that I like slightly more than this. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's acting. The acting I thought was Correct. bad at the beginning, considering there's a lot of comic relief characters took a lot of the main stage, and then also uh-huh. the guy who was like with a shotgun is like. Well, comic what is relief this doesn't necessarily mean bad character. Yeah, but it didn't feel. He like played an idiot and looked and felt like an idiot. You know, good perform, good performances. Well, you're not supposed to pay attention to the comic relief. You're supposed to pay attention to Thornton, who is like these guys yeah, are idiots. Ba- and I'm, I'm, I'm just saying and this. This is not a critique of the movie. I'm just saying at the beginning, that's what I felt because they took center mm-hmm. stage. Well, what about the very opening line of the film, um, which I believe is the name of the biography about Sam Peckinpah? If they move, kill him. That's the first thing that happens in this movie. It does that. I think that does. No, great and I, that was good. I like the the premise of the opening with the robbery. Uh huh. Good. I feel like this mm-hmm. this movie is great in principle. Mm-hmm. It has a great themes, and you know, it has some great like the 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 train scene, and also the bridge blowing up, and also the going out blazing with the machine gun. Like, and of course, the opening robbery. I feel like this it's really cool. However, it's just. It just doesn't feel well done. Mm-hmm. Ari, do you remember in the fourth Indiana Jones, 
<laughs> when there's Coding a line me out in of the there somewhere, yeah. when uh, Jim Broadbent's character says, like, we've reached the point in life where life stops giving us things and starts taking them away. And that's a movie about old Indiana Jones being like, mm, I don't remember I'm not really cut out for this much. anymore. All I remember is the ants. The ants are the best part of the movie. Um, the ants, and then also other spoilers. I'm not gonna lie. Alien. The fourth Indiana Jones is yeah. not terrible, and it's my go-to example of a of a bad movie that's been directed well. You can see Steven Spielberg try to get around what George Lucas has made him do, because you watch the behind-the-scenes stuff, and it's literally just George Lucas being like, you know, I thought it'd be nice if like Indiana Jones met some aliens or something, <laughs> and Steven's like, I mean, I'll do it, man, but. <laughs> It's very interesting. That's 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 a movie about a guy realizing that he's too old for this shit, and that's basically yeah. what this movie is to me. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I can't make you like the movie, but you're both wrong. So I see. I'm not. I'm, I don't hate it, but I don't think like. And it's also harder because we're coming off a, a few really good movies when it comes to character development and people who like are Dread. super. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, I was thinking Look, about that Wild one. I was Bunch thinking about so that Dread could waves. murder everyone. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I didn't like Dread as much as I I think you guys did. Mm. I no, I liked it the least of everyone. I thought. Maybe, I remember. Yeah. I, I, I don't like Dread specifically. I think it's safe I'll to say that. I like this one the most of everyone. I think that's fair. Yes. To say. This is the shootout I wanted to be at the end of Dawn of the Damned. Oh. Like, Uh-oh, this level of just graphic, <laughs> yeah, just gratuitous madness. Like, okay, this end shootout took 12 days to film, right? Really? Okay. And they did the same thing we did in The Hostage. They just reused actors. Whenever they had a uniform covered in blood, they had, like, a, like a conveyor belt going of actors. So, shoot this guy, blood explodes, shirt explodes, right? This guy gets in line. They stitch up his shirt and then just paint over the blood. And once the brown paint is dry, they just send him back to blow him up again. So there's probably hey. like 20 actors and 80 people die in this scene, huh. right? I I think it's fantastic. Like, I'm shocked that you don't like the end uh, shootout because I... No, no, I, I saw that I don't like it. It might have been you that phrased I was... the question that we can't deny that it is fantastic. Uh-huh. I mean, it's not not that I dislike it. Just when you asked the question, you said you guys can't deny that the scene is fantastic. Uh, well, I meant I meant it's good, right? Can you say that you liked the end shootout? Yeah, yeah, mainly the build up to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, yeah, Ari's more of a foreplay kind of guy, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. You either like it or you I'm don't. I'm glad you recommended this film because I don't think we've seen enough westerns on. Yeah, the yeah, and it feels like a piece. And it feels like a piece of film history. I mean, everything is, but an important piece of film history. Uh, some movies, I mean, Batman, the movie, might not be film history. <laughs> it's history. It happened, allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I also just like, I, I like westerns that are set in the 20th century. I like that whole idea of, like, the, the end of an era, you know? Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very much into, like... I think that we're at the the end of an era. We're definitely seeing a lot more. All the good movies I see tend to be little guys making movies, right? I don't think that there's any like huge masterpieces anymore. But Tenet might be a masterpiece. Who knows? So I like Let's looking hope. at the ends of eras, and this is an era that I like looking at the end of. Nice. All and, right. And speaking of the end of eras, we're at the end of not our podcast. Do we have questions? I have, 
Uh, I do no, have No, but questions. what we do have is a sponsor. Do, 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 do. Yeah. This episode is sponsored by the official podcast of Postpone. Po- <laughs> it just keeps going. It's like the official podcast of Postpone is Post Postpone. No, no, no. This episode is sponsored by the official podcast of Pwn, which is the podcast Postpone. Go out, give them a look. They are one of the greatest uh, uh, podcasts in reviewing movies and formerly one of the greatest podcasts in reviewing both movies and data storage. So make sure to give them a check out, check up, check them out, and do, do watch them out because they are, make good things. Yeah. Go to anchor fm forward slash postpone or something like that, or just look them up in any podcast player if you want to, you know, take a peek at a really good podcast. We are in no way affiliated with this podcast, no. except that we're sponsored by them. Give yes. us the money, please. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. You know, I actually oh look at this one dollar of... bill I just picked up out of my wallet from Post <laughs> Phone. We're already making dividends. I I have okay. I'd actually before I do the actual questions, like I am genuinely interested in, like what is your basis for rating a movie? Like how do you decide? Why don't we do the ratings on this podcast? There's no reason not to. I don't know. Numbers are whack. They are whack. I guess if you are just giving it an idea of, like, I need to think about it first, but, you know, as much as it is... Do you want me to give me a rating right now? No, because I'm scared what it'll be. (laughs) But, you know, I just think that... I'll tell you later in private. There there are certain arbitrary things that as pointless and as non-essential as it is to rate a movie, it does have some sort of numerical value in your head of like oh that movie is my favorite it's a 10 out of 10 that movie was garbage it's a 1 out of 10 right mm-hmm. as as dumb as it is like you need to give it some sort of category right yeah well everybody has a different um like spectrum of what aspects they value more in movies so what aspects do you value Ari uh well <laughs> I value first off well, coherence is a big one, and uh, emotional impact. As long, I mean, as long as it's not too atrocious, and then artistic like like prowess is a part of it as well. Mm-hmm. And then also, uh, of course, the biggest one, which leads into some of the others, is like how I feel about the characters. I mean, it's probably not the biggest one, but that's like the a lot of movies is movies about people. Like people are generally the focal point of films in general. Mm-hmm. And because people are generally char- the biggest characters, I know I know Stalker, and other people, their other movies have a, a, um, exceptions to that rule. However, I feel like you know, stories about people. I feel like how people are developed, how I feel about them, if they make sense and if they get drive emotion from me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's that. I I've definitely noticed the emotion one as a big prerequisite for you. I I mean. Sometimes as long you know as it's a positive emotion and not raw. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Like, so do you, could be... you see yourself saying that you love a sad movie? Um, I think so. And Brokeback like, Mountain. I like Brokeback. Yeah. Broke, yeah. I like Brokeback Mountain a lot. I don't say that's a happy movie yeah. at all. Yeah. Okay. I'll keep I mean, uh, Waves is pretty moderately happy. Yeah. It's got both. <laughs> it's got it's got it's got a fair Highs share of both. Yeah. 
thing is, when a movie, its whole job is to make you stressed out, I don't, I don't enjoy that. Even if it yeah. gives you, just because it gives you a feeling, doesn't mean it's, does it, like, I think you assume what I'm, like, you know what I'm talking about with, um, uh, It Comes at Night or some other films. Uh-huh. Sometimes egregious gore yeah. and other stuff, like, um, egregious gore, gore and stuff, that just it adds to cohesiveness for me, or, like, uh, make what makes sense. So, like, is your rating a measure of how much you objectively would give a movie or your enjoyment of it i feel like those are heavily tied they might be but like i can think of like who killed captain alex is a 10 out of 10 but it does not (laughs) deserve a 10 out of 10 right yeah but i feel like typically the movies that we review on this podcast like when they're, they're trying to be films so that's you know what we're going for some i think the only time that diverges for me specifically is like ironically good movies or comedies yeah what they do their job is just to make you laugh or you know they make you laugh because they just were done in a really oddly funny way Mm -hmm. you know it's pretty much whether a movie's good or it's good at making me laugh or like two the two separate things most of the time we review movies that are good and i feel like those are like parallel so if a prerequisite for a comedy to be good is to make you laugh theoretically a prerequisite for a thriller would be to make you feel tense right kind of though so like does suspiria succeed in what it's trying to do because you did (laughs) yeah but despise it because it was disgusting just because it does what it's trying to do doesn't make it a good movie Uh uh-huh yeah i think a good movie is if it if i think if if i enjoy it for is if i enjoy it Mm -hmm. and that because most of the time for this podcast is because it's a good movie the other times when it's not is because it's ironically good or a comedy if mm-hmm. it succeeds in its goal, but its goal is a negative goal, then like, good job, you made me hate you. <laughs> so it's a bad film. Like, good, right, congratulations. You're bad. I don't like it. Mm. Alright, interesting. What about you, Wes? What makes a movie good for me? Yeah, well, like, how do you decide ratings, basically? Oh, like, how do I decide ratings? Uh, they're intertwined questions, yeah. I guess. Well, so for ratings for me, dude, it's really hard because, like, I, I like to think of it as... Five is, like, the most, like, I have average emotions about it, right? Um, And then seven is, like, I liked it. And then nine is, like, I really liked it Mm -hmm. uh, is probably how I would describe it. And, like, nines and tens, I would say I probably like equally, but nines are somewhat flawed, right? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how I think, like, the in-between numbers, like, the sixes and sevens. That's kind of how I do it, too, yeah. 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 but like I, I do, I, I'm sure you know, I do, like, incremented store, scores, so I'll give, like, a 6.25 or a 7.5, right? I, there's no, like, between 9 and 10, though. Like, I'll give an 8.5, but I have never given, like, a 9.5. I feel like it's, maxes out at 9, and then if I love the film, it's a 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the only hard part comes in is, like, when it's, like, I know it's a good movie, but I don't like it. Um, yeah. But I tend to rate those lower just because I, I like Ari. I kind of go based off of purely my enjoyment of the movie, uh-huh. which is why, why I can. Moonrise Kingdom is a one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. I can understand that that is for some people, but I don't like it. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's kind of. And then as for what makes a movie good to me, I don't know. I know what makes a movie not good. <laughs> what makes a movie? What makes a movie bad, Wes? Uh, 
boringness. You know it when you see it. I know it when I see it, yeah. Uh-huh. Like that famous Supreme Court line. Yeah, that's what I was trying to, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, but I, I, I like movies that, obviously, uh, coherent, like Ari said. Um, I think I do tend to like plot-heavy movies, and I'm okay with slow movies as long as they're not boring and things happen. You know, it's been a while, so I don't actually know if I like this one as much as I, I did at the time, but I really like The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. And, like, uh-huh. it's probably equally as slow as this movie, but it is, I wasn't as sure. bored by it. I wasn't as yeah. bored by it. You know, off the top of my head, Good, The Bad, and The Ugly has a lot less going on than this one. I feel like most of that one is just people walking around building up mm-hmm. to that end shootout, which yeah, is... Don't spoil things for me. It's good, but it's not as wild yeah uh, as this one but that one is like they're trying to find some gold yeah i think yeah i don't know um but yeah but yeah i don't know what about you nick what about me i feel like okay when i start watching a movie um and i'm gonna say this as if there's a method but a lot of it is just kind of how i feel after something right mm-hmm. like if i start watching a movie and it ends a minute in right it's a five So I think of it as sort of every movie starts as a five and then it can either like gain or lose points based on what happens in it, right? So if I'm watching a really bad movie but it looks fantastic, like I've given fours to things and most of that four is based on the fact that it looks like a competently shot movie. Or like I've given sixes, like I I tend to not give, I have like a, a chart that's sort of skewed towards seven um, yeah, which I'd, I'd like it to be skewed towards six because I think of like six as, you know, six is above five, therefore it is a good movie, right? But I, I tend to like feel bad for movies, I guess. Like almost like if it doesn't do anything to offend me and I'm just like, I like, I don't love it, but it, it looks good. The acting is fine. The story works. Like I'll give it a six or a seven, even though it probably for someone else because it's bare minimum might be a five right um that being said i'm also harder on movies because of that if uh, a lot of people will love something like shawshank redemption i think it's a solid seven like it's a good movie right it has good acting it has everything but i don't think that there's anything that it does that say something like i don't know the shining does they're completely different films <laughs> but the higher a movie is the more likely it made me feel something right um, and also the lower a movie is, the more likely it made me feel something. Because, <laughs> like, I don't... I know at some point Wes said that he has almost, like, a bell curve. Like, the further you are from the be- from the middle, the more I had a visceral reaction, I guess, to it, right? But, like, how do you rate a So Bad It's Good movie, you know? Like, I on IMDb, I have Who Killed Captain Alex as a 7, right? It is not a seven because I enjoy it more than most movies that are sevens, but it is not a quality film. So it's almost like the seven is the midpoint between quality and how I feel about it. But I have things in one, like I have Joshua and the Promised Land, which is a fantastic film (laughs) that I have as a one, but I also have something like a talking cat, which is maybe the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Mm -hmm. So like, how do you, how do you rate a movie that is ironically enjoyable? Negatives. I'd give it a higher rating, but I don't think I could give it a 10. Ari, because... Ari brings up a good point. I do know someone um, that rates, like, I, negatives. I saw a video, that yeah, on a yeah. video once, but I don't know who it is. There's, there's someone on, on YouTube, I'm blanking on the name, but they rate 
on a zero Ooh. midpoint scale. So like the n more negative a score is, the more ironically enjoyable it is. But if it's like a one, it's not, it's not good, right? Mm -hmm. I will not. They do must that, see though. a I lot of ironically enjoyable movies, then. I feel like negatives are rare. Yeah. But, but like I don't. Like I a have movie, a like a high negative. I have a film log where I keep track of all the movies I see and I put a score on that. When I watch a hot lead, like I give it a, I don't even give it a numerical score. Like I give it a letter score, like a letter grade uh -huh. because it's like I made it. So I'm going to judge my own work. And let me just say a hot ahead. lead has gone from a B plus down to like a, like a D plus or a <laughs> C minus. So, cause I keep seeing things, but I also don't think it's like, it's like you got to consider someone's first work is not going to be as good as their last work, you know, Hopefully. in general. Um, so... <laughs> Kanye. Yeah. We talked about that for a really long time. I didn't mean to... I, I just oh. wanted to add, add something in really quickly about yeah. in, what makes movies enjoyable to me, because, I don't know, this is, like a, this is a huge tangent, but um, this is just something that I, I've been thinking about a lot lately, seeing, because I've watched so many new movies um, for, like, I watched so many movies for the first time for this podcast, and just, like, you know, watching a lot of new movies that come out, um, <clears throat> is that when I watch a movie, and this is kind of like a concept of narrative play that I read about, um... Uh, a few months back but it's like when you when you consume media uh it, stories you have your own idea of where you think it's going to go and there's like a, there's a possibility space within within there right and like the example in the book that i read was that you, when you read hamlet and you first start it you're thinking about different things that could happen but one of the things is not hamlet's an astronaut because of the moon because it doesn't set up that so that's not in the possibility space but basically you know when you're reading something or watching a movie there's there's a possibility of space of where where it could possibly go and where and then you have like your own line in like that kind of cone uh as to like where you think it's gonna go and i find that my enjoyment for movies oftentimes is diminished if it doesn't go where i want it to go mm -hmm. um and really? yeah i i well so there's a bit of a I caveat thought you'd to say the opposite well, i thought the... you were gonna say it, it's far away within the cone that yeah, your I line was... is... well, well, there's a caveat. So if it, there's there's where I want it to go, and then um, if it goes somewhere completely different, where from like where I think it's outside of the possibility space, where I don't think it's gonna go, mm -hmm. uh, which is kind of like for me, like I'll use the example of Parasite. When I was watching Parasite, I thought it was gonna like go in certain directions, and I was like, okay, I would I would be happy if it went in th th those directions. And if it didn't meet those expectations, I probably wouldn't have liked it that much. But in the middle it pulls this plot twist that just goes completely different from where mm -hmm. i thought it thought it could go and i and i liked that so yeah. but if it's when it could go to somewhere where i think it's gonna go and where i want it to go and then it kind of goes shy of that that's when i don't like it if that does makes sense. that line have to be a like a plot development or can it be like a feeling it can be a feeling because like waves does not go at all where I thought it was going, right? Yeah. Well, but, sorry and, to bother you. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry exactly. to bother you, especially so, so, goes. So that's like the that goes way outside. That the is cone. like a a ninety five degree line goes backwards. Like mm -hmm. yeah, but it's like <laughs> but it's like on, on the other hand, uh, and I'm trying to think of a good example of this, but it's like when I want a movie to do something more, and I, I think I might have said this a few times with movies that we've watched this, but I say like it doesn't go far enough. That's kind of what I'm talking about, how mm -hmm. when it's where I want it to go, it doesn't reach that, and that's I why like I don't like it as much. Because I already said, have I remember you saying that multiple times, but I feel like that's usually in regards to themes. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, because I remember one of your big biggest um, like, uh, one of your favorite things about uh, Get Out was how it goes a bunch of different directions and keeps turning to where you think it will go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. However, like a lot of times when you're talking about themes, like I feel like. I, I, there's something that they could have done here, and I thought they were going to, but they just ignored it. Yeah. And I feel like that does that does hurt things. It's it's because the way, like, and, and I get that it's not good to have those expectations, but it's for me, like, they've set up something that gets me to think about something that could happen, and then it, when that doesn't happen, it feels like, oh. So th- so I think that the best, the best time you should have a plot twist or whatever is when you, you don't even set up that that thing could be a possibility because then I won't have expectations about it. So I guess is the takeaway. Where was the line when you watched Inside Out? <laughs> or like Interstellar? Okay, I guess what sometimes it... it dies and it just, <laughs> there's yeah. nowhere where I want it to go. All right. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. That's interesting, though. Can, yeah. can like technical quality save a movie for you though uh, like i can think of movies that are should be fives but like they just something about them someone gives a really good performance or it looks fantastic or like is technical quality enough to save a movie from being bad for you for me performances is the exception but otherwise no all right for me i'd say it i don't know if it can save a bad movie but it can make an average movie a lot better uh-huh. You know, I think that, like, I, I think that Chinatown, if Chinatown wasn't filmed so well and beautifully, it would be like, you know, maybe like a six for me. But it's like, it's just that all the scenes mm-hmm. are just amazing. Um, and all the shots are really bucolic. That That's kind of what pushes it up to, like, a great movie for me. So I think that's yeah. it. I don't know if it can save, like, a terrible movie, though. Yeah. What about, yeah. Okay, fair. Yeah, sure. Okay. Cool. Like, I mean... Of course, like I just talked about earlier, the other things are more important to me. But then again, those things are part of the film itself, you know? Yeah. If you didn't have um, whatever his name, uh, Nichols, uh, being amazing actor and also the film and cinematography in Chinatown, it wouldn't have been Chinatown. Uh-huh. It would have been a worse movie, but I feel like you're taking away kind of the personality or essence of what that film is. Yeah. And like, and like now that I think about it... Um, not not every technical aspect of this movie is amazing, but The Last Jedi, you know, it's filmed pretty well. And I remember Lucan in the theater when it, she does that hyperspace thing. He's like, that's yeah. the most beautiful shot I've ever seen. But that yeah. doesn't save that movie. It like, does <laughs> Okay, but like, also, yeah. I mean, Last Jedi's a bad movie, but I also... <laughs> yeah, but, I, but I'd say that technically it's not a bad movie. Yeah, I gave like, it like a, it's listed watch. as a five for me because of that. Like, I do think that Ryan Johnson competently made a movie, and it even though pretty. he's the sole writing credit on it, I really believe that Disney meddled with it. Uh huh. Um, or Ryan Johnson pulled a massive troll, in which case, like, bad movie but great idea, you know? Yeah, I mean, it was pretty, but I. <sighs> I've complained many times about freaking Star Wars Episode Eight. So is that why Phantom Menace is good to you? Is because the original Star Wars movies, because they're so iconic, you just know where they're going. But Phantom Menace is so bad and so boring that it baffles <laughs> you, and you think, oh, it went outside the, the, the cone of possibility. Well, the original trilogy is less uh, morally binary. Because in the original trilogy, the Jedis are kind of bad. Uh, no! 
they're bad in the prequels. That's the ones where no, I meant the prequels. Like, I meant the prequels. I meant okay. the prequels. I was gonna. I was. I the was very confused. I was when like, saying that. the prequels are less morally binary. That's why I like them better. Is because it's not as they're black more and white. complex. But like, it's a kids' movie, you know. <laughs> no, but it's but it, it the themes I, I feel disagree more adult a lot like. with the people that say Star Wars is some sort of masterpiece. But like, I think they're good because they, you know, the first one tells a story that a kid would like and understand you know it's basically just a space western but like the second one the reason why i like it so much is because it does do something different it does say like hey let's actually explore you know luke's uh what's going on with him maybe his dad's Darth vader you know (laughs) and then the third one is just another space western and because the second one set it up to be better than it actually is that's why the third one is diminished for me Mm -hmm. whereas with the prequels, the second one sets up the third one to be really bad, and then when the third one is <laughs> slightly better, really bad, yeah. it's forgivable, you know? Uh-huh. So, then let me ask this. Um, if a movie, especially with older movies, I'm sorry to, like, do whatever this is, but, it, I mean, at least it's conversation. Yeah. Um, with something like Star Wars, because Star Wars is so iconic and so many things copy it, or especially with even older movies, like, you get to something like Metropolis. Like, things have copied Metropolis, things have copied Citizen Kane, things have copied uh, Lawrence of Arabia. When you watch something like that, can it be diminished by the fact you've seen things like it so many times? Or, like, even you said you were mildly indifferent to Rosemary's Baby. Rosemary's Mm -hmm. Baby is the first thing to do what that movie does. Yeah. Is it hurt by things like Hereditary that then take that and do nothing different with it? Uh, I would say so if the the thing that does that like copies it is better or if I like it better. So you don't rate movies in context. No, I can't. Birth of a Nation is I, not a ten. Yeah, it... I, I can't. I can't know what it was like to watch The Wild Bunch in 1969. You know, mm-hmm. most people like, don't see movies in context yeah. of you know historical history, and same with me. But so like, I feel like I... it's only fair. If I see something old and it does something that I've seen before, I assume that it probably came from that, right? Like, I know yeah. that Ari says that a lot on the podcast, is he's like, this felt like something I've seen, but that probably means that everything copies it, right? Right. Yeah. It's like, even even as a game designer, I can say that I don't think the original Mario is, like, an amazing game. I think it's well-designed, but, like, it's impossible to play these days because he, he's... I don't know if you guys have tried playing. He slides all over the place. The jump, you can't, like... Yeah, I thought exactly. You can't yeah. jump at multiple heights. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure you always jump the same height. It's just. It's like there's so many modern things that make it uh, hard to play these days, and so that's kind of mm-hmm. how I view uh, older movies. But sometimes they they are still really good. Like I think Metropolis, amazing, amazing movie. Um, yeah, Metropolis I mean, might be the first like masterpiece ever. Yeah, yeah. It makes it harder, for sure. Uh-huh. But I feel like you can't. De- like I'm, I'm 100% with the West. Like you can't. I'm not gonna deny that, uh, like technology and other things have made, uh, and bet like better actors. Hypothetically, I mean, it's hard to say better actors and plot because, but I feel like hypothetically they have improved over time just with yeah. newer training and skills mm-hmm. and schools and stuff. And like, if just because someone does it first doesn't mean it's gonna be the best for all time. You can acknowledge it for being imp- impactful, but. That's not gonna be my movie score because you know, I'm not grading on impactfulness. I'm grading on how good it is as a movie. Yeah, well, that's how I felt watching Birth of a Nation, because Birth of a Nation, 
first movie to ever have an orchestral score composed for the movie, first movie to do close-ups, first movie to do intercut things, like Dark Knight, you know, I've seen intercut scenes, <laughs> they uh-huh. come from this movie, right? Uh-huh. I can't give Birth of a Nation a good score, though, because it's terrible and racist. Right. So, mm-hmm. like, but if I saw, if I existed in 1915, You'd be like, I'd like to crazy. hope I wouldn't be racist, uh-huh. but I might also, you know, see like, that movie and say, hey, I've never seen anything like this. Uh-huh. That movie's way too long, though. Like, yeah. I it'd finally be... understand why Ari hates long movies. I mean, <laughs> when they don't talk, it just makes it worse. It'd be interesting, because, like, when, when like, our parents talk about movies and movies that came out when they were young, they probably haven't seen them since it originally came out, so they have memories of what it was like. But because, you know, at least Nick and I will probably continue watching The Dark Knight until the day we die, um, yeah. it'd be interesting to see if, like, as we grow older if we think it gets worse because more movies come out that are better than it, or if we still think it's an amazing movie. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. interesting. I don't I know, mean, I just... Yeah. Yeah, sorry? I mean, the plot of Dark Knight is, like, it's not as general or its own genre, so I feel like it would be harder for it to be, like, overtaken in the future, but, like... Yeah. I mean, there's there might be better act, uh, method actors in the future... Uh, more you more cool Christopher Nolan esque like plots and things that get you out of your seat. I mean, just mm-hmm. as more movies, time goes on. This might this probably gonna be a better movie uh, in that reg- like in that genre. Yeah, Dark Knight is definitely something I review in context though. I think of it as like this is a superhero film, therefore it is amazing that it's so good as it is. You know, mm-hmm. um, but it's also like sometimes context movie. can yeah. sneak in unknowingly. Yeah. It's it's too. just weird for me to watch a movie where a guy runs around in a rubber bat suit and like still think oh this is cool, because sick as hell. No other Batman looks good. Mm-hmm. Even he doesn't look good. It just works because I like that film, you know. Yeah. No Batman looks cool, and I guess that's what, what about they try to... Batman the movie? <laughs> oh, I mean that's just the best yeah, Batman. Well, on. see that's why that works is because it's if they didn't that's how play it in cheesy. The yeah, if they didn't play it as cheesy as they do, that movie wouldn't work. Uh-huh. So they have to play with what they have, I guess. Yeah. Very interesting. Okay, I have um, one question. Oh. Um, just to transition to an be, actual is this, Q&A. is this episode going to be titled uh, Wild Bunch, and comma, also, movies, movies Star Wars? <laughs> movies. Um, what, we review every movie in the world. I already know like the answer for this one, but try to think of other ones. What are some of the most appro- inappropriate movie shows or scenes you've seen with family? Um, and it gives some examples, but yeah, what do you think? Okay, it's never awkward for me when because mm-hmm. I, I, I watch like every movie and show with my family, so we've mm-hmm. seen stuff. What about you? I don't <laughs> know what mine would be. Um, I, I know you know think... the story. I want you to tell though. Me. Kingsman 2. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. That's like I like 2 with my grandma. Oh. Cuz she cuz cuz she she's like she's always like she always wants me to take her to action movies cuz she's like, "Oh yeah, I love action movies." Uh and we saw it and I didn't even think about this at the time, but then I re I rewatched Kingsman 2 a few days ago and there's a scene where he has to finger her in order to put like the tracker into her vagina Oh and I was yeah, like, I remember that. I watched this with my grandma. Like, I'm not that it would have been awkward at the time, but it's like, why did I make? Like, what did she think of me for taking her to watch this movie? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. it's just like I Joey's not here. 
But it's like when Joey told that girl that uh, his favorite movie was Fast Times at Ridgemont yeah. High, a film full of rape. So. Yeah, and then she comes back the next day and she's like, uh, I didn't really yeah. like it. What about you, Ari? <laughs> I, I, I can't remember currently. I mean, it, it's had to have happened. They watch. I don't watch too many movies nowadays. And then when they are, they're like... For the podcast. Yeah, like, I don't watch a lot of movies nowadays with, or, like, more recently with family. And when they are, they're, like, comedies. Mm-hmm. Not really that awkward. I watched... So I, I did, they were playing, like... Well, I don't even remember what it's called. Blockers, Neighbors, the one with John Cena. Blockers? blockers. Okay. Blockers yeah. 2 It was on... Or maybe it was Blockers 1. There's only a Blockers 1. Anyway, it was on, like, TV or something, and I was just watching that, and my mom was like, what's butt-chugging? So, it wasn't <laughs> awkward, it was just like, yeah. why, like, I why would anyone family, do this? Actually, but it's very not awkward, because, you know... Because mm-hmm. we butt-chug all the time. We're all adults, yeah. Yeah. Well, I have young children here, right? Yes. And there have been multiple times where I put on a movie and then remember... Oh yeah, there's a sex scene in this, and like Jack, the six-year-old, not six, sixth grader, is sitting right yeah. next to me. I'm like, I don't even skip it. I just walk in the other room. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go get a drink. I know pie. I have done that. Yeah. But I don't remember, because I knew something was coming and I left. Yeah. But I don't remember what movie or what was the context. Yeah. I do remember. Nah. My parents would never cover my eyes when there was like nudity. They'd cover my eyes when there was like a torture scene or something. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Well, boys, it, it, it uh, we watched The Wild Bunch this week, and it got me in the mood for some older movies. So I was thinking, uh, well, let's go back to some classics. Uh, Arrival of a Train at Lucia Time. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> That's um, good. Uh, no, no, no. I, 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 there's not really a specific reason for me picking this movie, other than it's on my list of movies that I want to one day uh, recommend for postpone, and I know that at least Nick has seen this movie. Maybe Ari has, but that's not gonna that's not gonna stop us from having a good discussion about it because I haven't seen this movie in a while, but I do think that this may be my favorite movie by this director. Maybe who knows? It's a director we've done before on the podcast, uh, oh, Mr. Alfred Hitchcock, yeah. who directed the 1959 movie that we will be doing on the next episode of the podcast, North by Northwest. Alright. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, a good, that's a good, your favorite. Very it, nice. Look, I haven't seen it in like a decade, so I don't know why it's my yeah. favorite, but I liked The Plane and yeah. Mount Rushmore. The um, Plane is good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yes, stay tuned next time, North by Northwest. But stay tuned this time to hear us ask you to give us a good rating on your nice. preferred podcast <laughs> platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, give us a give us a five stars. Give us a ten out of ten. Don't worry about what makes a podcast good. It's this one. Uh, yes. <laughs> Be sure to check out all our socials: Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, uh, MySpace, MuseScore. Sure. Uh, yes, and Title. Um, <laughs> and uh, thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, we'll uh, see you later. Sweet.